Parenting is hard. Few of us feel up to the task. The world is shifting, quickly and dramatically. All of us feel the changes affecting our families. The stress and pressure can be intense. We are here to help sort the good and the bad, provide insight and bring hope. Welcome to Brilliantly Brave Parenting. We're so glad you stopped by. Hi, and welcome to Brilliantly Brave Parenting. I am your co-host, Pastor Brad Mathias. I'm Robert Beeson. It's great to be with you today. Robert, you are looking especially alert today. Did you have <laughs> extra coffee or what? Uh, no, not particularly. I'm just uh, I'm excited about our conversation we're about to have, so maybe that's picking up on that energy. Well, I am definitely, I mean, we've talked about the fact we're both grandparents now. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm 50. How old are you again? 43. Yes. Right. Okay. So lying is a sin, Robert. Uh, Yeah. So speaking of lying, um, we try to uh, talk about fun facts and positive things. things. Positives. And I have one that was given to me. I didn't script this. And so I'm not sure the accuracy. I don't know if you gave this to me because you want me to look like a fool or not, but this it's is possible. apparently it's been known. a fact. And it's if it is true, it's a positive and interesting, but I have a little suspicion. Here's the fact. Dolphins have names for each other. Really? Is that true, Brad? You wrote this here on my script. I'm going to mark this off, but... How would they have names for each other? How would you know? I, I have cited names? sources. Okay. How would you know that? How would you know if, like, I, you know, inquiring minds want to know well, for sure. This is a positive. I, thing. I know. I mean, how did they decide to call Flipper Flipper? I mean, they had to. The ask. dolphin didn't decide that. The dolphin didn't decide. How did hey, you I know? Look like a flipper. I'm pretty sure that it was scripted. I'm 100 uh, percent sure. Well. It's an interesting thing. But Somewhere, I just, a marine biologist has figured out that those clicks and whistles and things, the noises that they make underwater are an actual language. Okay. Oh. I'm just saying, if we're if we're going to have integrity and we're not going to be considered fake news, maybe we need to get facts that like feel- I will cite the sources facts. on the podcast. People can go and look and see how they determine that dolphins know each other's names. Okay. Well, Is that fair enough? That's fair enough. That's fair enough. Yeah. I, it's it's just a little balance. I find it I, – I was looking through all these facts, and I'm thinking, there's nothing that jumps out at me more than this one, and I just don't know how you'd verify that. But if you can cite the facts, then I'm going to go with that. Well, I did watch Shark Week on uh, Discovery Channel. Okay, I hardly think that qualifies. Well, like, I feel like I know my marine biology a little better, but they okay. didn't really talk about dolphins. So, Well, why don't you talk about our guest? Because that – this is factual, and this is fascinating, and I'm excited about this. So – Talk uh, talk to us a little bit. Introduce our guests. I'm really excited about this conversation. Well, you know, I think there's a, the, you know, there's a, there's a significant struggle going on in our in our culture, and uh, people are really being forced to to make some choices about what they believe and if they're going to take a stand politically on some things. And I'm not a polarist. I don't, I don't like to push people in the camps, but. This idea of right to life, this idea of pro-choice versus pro-life, if you will, uh, has really come to a head in recent times with uh, a best-selling book, Unplanned, and then the subsequent movie, Unplanned, which which releases uh, in the late summer of 2019. So, I mean, what we're looking at is a sort of insider's view of what the uh, Planned Parenthood world uh, in the abortion healthcare industry looks like from someone who really would know. Yeah. 
And uh, our guest is Abby Johnson. She's coming to us from Texas today. We want to welcome you to Brilliantly Brave Parenting. Hi, thanks for having me on. We're thrilled to have you here. Uh, I know as I was preparing for this interview, Abby, I, I was struck by just the courage that you've had to exhibit to sort of stand up to or uh, with sort of against a hostile force, if you will, a wind of change that's sweeping our culture. And uh, I mean, I was reading news articles from you standing up in court, uh, people who were legislators who were having you come and testify. Tell us how, how all this came to be. I mean, I'm sure you didn't start out thinking you wanted to be at the center of a media whirlwind. No, you know, when I left my parenthood, I, I thought I would just sort of, I don't know, quietly uh, creep off into, you know, another job and leave leave my past work at Planned Parenthood behind me. And um, then Planned Parenthood took me to court and um, they tried to get a permanent gag order against me. And that actually is what got picked up by the media you know, when someone tries to put a restraining order of disclosure on someone, of course, the media wants to know, well, why? What What do they know that you don't want to get right. out to the public? And so that really started the media firestorm. And um, Can I back up for one second? People, what prompted them to put this out there, this, this gag, or, or want to go after you like that? What was the trigger for them? Yeah, I'm not really sure. I think in a way they wanted to sort of um, make an example of me for other employees. Like if you leave us, if you defect from us, hmm. then you're going to find yourself in a court. And I really think that they thought they were going to be successful and they were, they lost in a very embarrassing way, um, in court. And it really just sort of skyrocketed then my story, um, all across the globe. And, um, you know, that's really why I do what I do now is because they blew the whistle on me leaving their organization. That's really fascinating. So it wasn't something when you left, you were thinking, you know, I'm going to, this is something that I would, I would venture to say was kind of a God thing because this wasn't something that you pursued on your own. Right. In fact, it came out yeah. of a challenge. Yeah, totally. I, I never, thought that I would be doing what I do now. I never thought that I would be speaking in front of a hundred, you know, hundreds of thousands of people every year or um, writing books or having movies made about me. <laughs> that was never, no, never, I never would have considered that in a million years. Um, but here we are, you know, God yeah. had a different plan and um, he, you know, once he started setting things in motion, I mean, my, my prayer has always been just to follow his will um, for my life since I left. And, um, you know, sometimes I, I fail, but, um, but I think that, you know, he really ordained all of this to, to take place. And, and even my time in the clinic, like I, I look back, I was trained in media by Planned Parenthood and there is no one in the country who is better at at media 
than Planned Parenthood. I mean, look at all of the things that have come out, come at them and somehow they're able to turn it around right. and use it in their favor. I was trained by them. I consider myself to be trained by the best media experts in the business, Planned Parenthood. And now I'm able to use that training to oppose them and go after them in, in the public square. So, I mean, it truly, I mean, when people say God can take anything in our past and use it for good, I mean, I, I really do believe that that is true. That is fascinating. As, as I'm listening to you, I want to make sure our audience knows exactly where we're at when we're talking about Planned Parenthood and, and your story. Um, can you tell us, just going back to the, the very beginning, you at one point were a clinic director for Planned Parenthood. Is that correct? That's right. Yeah, I, I was there for eight years. I was a clinic director. Um, I worked for the uh, Planned Parenthood Houston affiliate um, and then ended up leaving uh, in October of 2009 after several things, but um, primarily uh, after witnessing a live ultrasound guided abortion procedure and seeing a 13-week-old child fight and struggle for his life against the abortion instruments. And I knew then that um, there was life in the womb, that there was humanity there. And if those things were true, I knew that I was on the wrong side of, of this debate. And so um, I ended up leaving and, and have been doing this work ever since. You know, one of the things that I like about some of the materials on your website and, and just some of the quotes that I've been able to find online is that you're really careful to not only sort of make the point of the sanctity of life, but also you're making a hard, concerted effort to reach people who are working within Planned Parenthood. You're not just making a statement, you're actually reaching out and across back to the people that you used to work with and saying, hey... I'd like you to consider another perspective than you've been living with. Tell us about that ministry that you started reaching back to those workers in Planned Parenthood. Yeah, I have a ministry that I started um, in mid-2012 called And Then There Were None. And um, our goal is to do just that, to reach. It's not really an outreach. It's more of an in-reach. <laughs> we reach into abortion clinics um, we get those workers out, we get them onto a path of healing and into a relationship with Christ. And um, since, since its inception, we've been able to, with God's help, um, we've been able to get almost 550 abortion workers out, um, eight wow. full-time abortion doctors um, have left jobs and it's been really amazing just to to walk with these people on that transformative journey um it's i mean it's it's a miracle to watch you know it's a miracle i mean you realize you're watching a miracle take place um but i, I think that man, i just think that god really loves a good conversion story <laughs> <laughs> and um and I think he's just been waiting for these people to leave. I think he's been waiting for them to have a change of heart. And I think that he's been waiting on us to reach out to them and to say, you can do this. You can leave and, and we can help you. Uh, the movie Unplanned uh, is a result of a book that you wrote several years ago. And the movie has been a success. I mean, it's, it's definitely raised some eyebrows, um, including the fact that you did mail a few 
uh, to to some people. Tell us a little bit about that. Uh, that that definitely got the attention of the media. Yeah, um, the movie came out August thirteenth, and so our ministry decided that it was a great opportunity to um, try to reach those who are still in the clinics, and we ha- we had quite a few workers who actually went to go see the film and then left their jobs and contacted us after they saw the film. Planned Parenthood sent out a big statement to their employees saying, you know, there's this movie coming out. Don't go watch it, which I mean, that's like, yeah, why would that's you like telling somebody like there's a big red button here? Do not push it. Right. I mean, everybody wants to push it. So um, a lot of people went to go see the film. They ended up contacting us coming through our ministry because of it. And I thought, you know, there's got to be a lot of other people in that same situation that would leave um, if they just saw the film. I think they would see truth in it that, that would resonate with them. And so um, we ended up, we have a, a really, probably the most comprehensive database of abortion facilities in the country. Uh, we ended up, we're in the process of sending one um, into every single abortion clinic across across the U.S. That's awesome. Wow. So, Robert, I don't know if you know this, but uh, she was, this this movie was number one on Amazon. Yeah, like it, it definitely. No, it's remarkable. Jumped. I mean, it was all over the news. You couldn't not hear about it, yeah. which is fantastic. I think it's just fascinating, and you're absolutely right. You know, Planned Parenthood taking the posture that they did um, was just fuel to the flame, and um, and like you said, the big red button. You know, it's like even people that may not have even thought this was this is just a you know, a topical issue and whatever, but because it became such a, a an explosive point of view on their side, it, it did create incredible suction from from people that might not have seen the movie in the first place. So I, it's, it's a pretty remarkable story. It is remarkable. And it, you know, the movie itself is controversial and it, it hasn't been embraced by everyone, uh, mm. but for sure. And uh, one of the things I got sort of upset about, like Caleb, wouldn't run her ads like they wouldn't promote the film uh because it was too controversial i mean caleb is what the largest christian radio network out there for music um what surprised you the most about you know the uh, just about good or bad on the the release of the the, the film Um, what surprised me the most on what I couldn't hear. Well, your... I'm sorry. Yeah. What's, what's the most surprising part of the release of this film that you thought, well, I'd never would have seen that coming. Um, or did you know going into this, that this was going to be a substantial, you know, uh, notoriety and get as much attention as it got? I mean, I didn't know how well it would do at the theater, honestly. I mean, I, it, you know, it's sort of, it's when my book Unplanned came out, it was the same sort of thing. I thought, who is going to read this? I mean, my family will pick up some copies, <laughs> but that's probably it, right? Right. Um, and it made it onto the bestseller list. And I was just thinking, wow, that's that's amazing, you know? Um, and it was sort of the same with the film. When it came out, I thought, okay. And the critics thought, you know, we'd make 40 bucks. Um, but, you know, we made about uh, $20 million in the box office here in the U.S. I think, I think, honestly, one of the most surprising things to me is just the global interest in getting the film um, hmm. across the world. Uh, we have, I mean, currently, 
we have closed something like 30 countries that the film is going to be playing in, going to be showing in so far. And we have something like 20 countries that are about to close their deal with so many more um, in waiting. And so, I mean, that has been amazing to me. I mean, there's a, there's a, a viewing, there's going to be a showing in Pakistan of a million people. Wow. In Pakistan. That's crazy. Um, yeah, I would imagine just, you wouldn't have seen that. Kind I mean, it's, it's been incredible. Wow. So here, let, let me let me dial this into our audience because not only am I passionate about pro life, and I want to encourage you to go to abbyjohnson.org. That's a b b y johnson.org to find out more about the ministry, about the the platform that Abby is establishing. But she not only talks about contraception on her website and and uh, the idea of of allowing God to decide if you should have children and the there's a natural way to do that versus just the oral contraception that's out there. She talks about feminism. She's talking about a lot of biblical ideas for women that I think is incredibly important for moms today to think about. Um, but here's the thing that really got my attention. She's also uh, been through a, quite a journey between denominations. She had uh, she was a Baptist. She was a member of a Baptist church while she was in Planned Parenthood. They asked her to leave because of that. Then she was an Episcopal, and when she left Planned Parenthood, she sort of had to leave that. Hmm. And so she found herself in 2012 uh, converting to Catholicism. And so there's there's a journey there that's significant that's now being paralleled in the way the movie is affecting the culture. Because it is actually sort of uh, promoted or supported by Christian evangelicals, but it was also funded in part, if I've got this right, by Catholics. So you have this ecumenical mm. movement. Now, for me, I'm smelling the Holy Spirit there because I'm like, okay, that's how God does stuff. Mm. Like, he not only responds to a need, but he unifies the body of Christ across all bandwidths. Mm. Uh, so as I'm hearing her talk about a million people in Pakistan, I'm like, I'm surprised, but I'm not because that's how God would do it. And he's using a mom who stood up for a moral right hmm. to do that. He's been known to do that in history. It's very true. It's yeah. very true. No, it's a remarkable story. I I think one of the things that my, my head jumps to is that for those, for those moms that have in their past struggled and made the decision to get an abortion. Obviously this is a, a serious wound for them. And, you know, in the same way as you've been part of Planned Parenthood and, and party, you could say to a lot that's happened. How, what do you say to those that still carry shame of a decision that they might've made uh, of a, a position that they might've taken? And for, and I'll even say this for guys that have, suggested to their girlfriends listen this is the this is the most feasible thing you can do what what do you say to those that have had to make choices that are contrary to they may feel right now you know um i i talk to a lot of women uh and men uh, but primarily women who who do feel a lot of a lot of shame about their decision. And one, one of the things I, I talk to people about, and, and this comes up a lot even in, in my ministry with former abortion workers, is we really want to separate shame from guilt. Hmm. So guilt is saying, I feel bad about something that I did. Yeah. 
Shame is saying, I feel bad about who I am because of what I did. Shame is never from God. Yeah. Because God wants you to, to see yourself and love yourself in the way that he loves you. Yes. Okay. But guilt is a natural consequence sometimes of our decisions. Guilt can come from God if it motivates us to then use our past to glorify him. Hmm. And so, you know, I tell people a little guilt is okay, right? Yeah. I have, I have yeah. some guilt about my past in the abortion industry, but I'm not letting it crush me. I'm letting it convict me. Yeah. And motivate to you. Go out and to share my story and to help others. Now, you don't have to share your story in front of hundreds of thousands of people, right? But maybe you're called to share your story with your neighbor, the person who confides in you that says, I'm really struggling with this. Can you help me? But you can't help others until you have allowed God to heal your heart. Hmm. And, you know, I people ask me a lot, you know, how did you heal from, from your past Abortion. I mean, I've had two abortions myself and then worked in the clinic for eight years. And I tell people, you know, I was watching this movie Kung Fu Panda one time with my daughter. <laughs> yeah. And there's this there's this wise turtle in it. Named oh, yeah. Boy. Okay. And he says one time he, he asked the little mouse guy, he says, do you know why today is called the present? He said, because it is a gift. And that really struck me in that moment. And I. Because I tell people, you know, to forgive myself and to accept God's forgiveness, it took practice. I woke up every day and said, okay, am I going to allow myself to go back to my past, to live today in my past, the place where Satan tortures me, where he taunts me, the place where the place that I can't change, I can't go back and change any of that. Or am I going to live today in the present, in the gift that God has given me? Am I going to allow him to use my story for his glory? And some days I failed. Some days I woke up and I made the wrong decision. But eventually I didn't even have to wake up and think about it anymore. Eventually, I got to the point where I woke up and I said, of course, I want to live in the present with Jesus. I mean, of course, that's what I want to do. Of course, I want to live in his mercy and his goodness. And I didn't go back right. to that place anymore. And that's really what God wants for all of us. I mean, your sin may not be abortion, but we all have issues. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. Um, we all have sin in our lives, and God does not want us to be burdened and to be shackled by that sin. He wants us to be free. And I think it's easy for us to say, well, yeah, God forgives me. Okay, God forgives me, right? He's God. That's what he does. He <laughs> forgives. It's harder to forgive ourselves, but just having that reminder every single day and just asking yourself, where do I want to live today? And, and I think that it's very powerful when we do speak our stories, even if it's with family members, even with, even if it's with our husband or our wife, the things that we keep in secret, keep us bound. Absolutely. Well said. 
Yeah, Robert, as I'm listening to this, I'm thinking of there are, there are moms, there are, are daughters that are listening who may be entertaining the idea that an abortion might be a better solution for them. What would you say to them, Abby, uh, with the experiences you've had personally and also just as an influencer, how, how would you speak to that person if they were listening to you? You know, I um, I understand what it is to to have a crisis pregnancy, to have an unplanned pregnancy. I know that that, that can be scary, um, that it can feel overwhelming. But I also know that God does not gift us life by mistake. Mm. I know that he is very intentional when he creates life. And for whatever reason, even if we don't know it yet, he has intentionally gifted us with each life that he creates within us. And sometimes we don't know why that is, but we have to embrace that truth. Motherhood is such a unique gift. And it doesn't mean that it, it, it doesn't come without crosses. It does. It comes with sacrifice. Motherhood is is probably one of the most sacrificial things um, that that a, a, a woman does that she goes through. Um, but I always encourage women to try to early on make a connection with their baby. That baby has been given to you, has been placed within your womb, and you are the protector of that child. God has called you to protect that baby. And sometimes our circumstances may overwhelm us and we may think that abortion is an easy way out. And you can, you can get rid of your baby, but you are never going to get rid of the memory of that baby. Hmm. It is not an easy decision and it's not easy to live with. And so I always encourage women, go to your local pregnancy center, talk with someone that you trust. Um, don't make any decision in haste uh, and, and know that there are people out there who want to help you. You are not meant to go on this journey alone. We are not meant to parent in isolation. We are not meant to go through troubles in isolation. That's why we have the body of Christ. And so lean on them, use them and, and ask for help when you need it. Hmm. That's good. You know, as, as you're talking, Abby, and I'm thinking about some of the sayings of Christ, this idea that if you seek to save your life, you'll lose it. But if you lose your life for me, you'll find it. Um, this idea of sacrifice is really central to the idea of the cross and to Christianity. And as a parent now, I've got three grown children. It's probably the most rewarding thing of my life. 100%. Right? Yeah. That was the hardest thing I've ever done. I mean, it's, it's incredibly difficult to be a parent and to sacrifice what you have to sacrifice to do that. But in the end, would you trade it? Not a chance. Heck no, right? I mean, it's absolutely the most amazing gift that you could have ever had. Yeah. And so uh, just using the parenting analogy for men and women who are listening and say, okay, because a thing is hard, because a thing might be uncomfortable, because something might be difficult, doesn't mean it won't be marvelous mm -hmm. and fantastic. And amazing to go through. Yeah. Um, and I think that narrative is missing in the media today. 
I think parents, in particular women who take care of children at home, have been really marginalized. And uh, part of what I've seen on your website, you really talk about that. You talk about the fact that, you know, uh, moms are not second-class citizens, you know, and and this idea that uh, motherhood and taking care of children is an amazing calling. And so I I know we could go on and on, and we're about out of time, but I just want to thank you personally as a grandfather of a newborn grandbaby uh, that you're out there and you are saying the truth in love. And uh, you are building bridges, and I, I cannot thank you enough for doing that, Abby. Thank you. Well, it's really an honor to do it, and I love being a mom. I love being a parent, and I love just encouraging others. Like I went from from one child when I left Planned Parenthood to now I'm a mother of eight children. Um, wow! You know, just that, just that openness of life is such a blessing, and. Um, you know, I just want, I'm, I'm always wanting to encourage parents out there that um, the road is hard, but uh, the road can be hard. It can be tiring. Um, but gosh, we are so blessed um, when we are called parents. And um, so just to keep going. That's yeah. awesome. Thank you so much for taking time to spend with us today. It's, uh, it's been enlightening and uh, really know that our guests are going to get a lot from it. I mean, our the listeners, I say our guest. Yes. You're our guest. Yes. Our listeners will get a lot from it. Yeah, I got so much out of it. <laughs> yeah. You. <laughs> well, she, uh, well, we want to, uh, we'll support you in every way we can. We'll have links to your, your movie, your books, your website, all over our podcast. And uh, we will make sure that our listeners can find you uh, on the internet. So God bless. Okay. Yeah. Have a great day. We are excited to announce the Storms of Life study, Living Beyond Stressed Out and Overwhelmed. It's a great subtitle, Living Beyond Stressed Out and Overwhelmed. Yeah, I mean, at this point, we know that students are stressed. And for parents and pastors, it's important to know what are the top three things that are really on the minds of our kids. So Brad, walk us through what they can expect from the Storms of Life. This is an eight-week study. It has uh, video insights. It has uh, presentations from an actual youth retreat with junior high and high school students. These kids are going to learn about how their faith can help them fight back the stress that they're living with every day at school. Check it out on iShineLive.com.
Brad, you know I'm a foodie, right? Absolutely. Okay, I want to tell you about this awesome coffee experience. It's called CJ's Coffee Culture and Community. It is a faith-run coffee culture. And the thing that's really cool about this is that they roast their own beans. They have delicious coffees and they, they have two brick and mortar, so two coffee bars, as well as a virtual location at cjscoffeecafe.com. Here's the cool thing. They ship their beans. They ship their coffee anywhere in the world. So you don't just have to be in Texas to enjoy it. CJ's Coffee Culture and Community. Awesome. Well, Robert, uh, we just got to talk with someone that God is really raising up right now. Pretty significant story. Yeah. I mean, if you think about 2009, you know, October of 2009, this is a, a, a younger woman. 10 years ago, who uh, made a choice mm-hmm. to step away from her entire career. She was an eight-year veteran of Planned Parenthood. She's a clinic director, so she's way up. She's learned the, everything she needs to know about managing um, a healthcare facility. And because of observing an abortion, she had to reexamine her beliefs. Mm-hmm. I think the thing that, that – there's so much about what we talked about that – um, is provocative in the sense of, you know, inspiring that you stand up and, and mm-hmm. say something. But I think the thing that I get get out of it is she's just a normal person about her normal work. And then something really difficult happens and turns her on her ear. And she decides to, from that point on, do something with the hardship that she faced. And I, and I think, you know, out of all of our listeners out there listening, um, Pay attention to those things that are even moral failures, because God can turn those into incredible movements. I love the fact that she was vulnerable enough to talk about not only did she run Planned Parent and and oversee the abortion activities of Planned Parenthood, but she herself had two abortions. But that didn't stop her or negate her or disqualify her from being used for a much bigger purpose than she could imagine. I mean, a million people in Pakistan watching her story. So I just, it's, I love being able to do this and and listen to people's story because more often than not, you and I hear about these people that came to a crossroads, something difficult happened, something changed, and they stepped forward and it it was a different trajectory than they ever would have imagined and maybe even beyond their qualifications. I mean, she never thought that she'd be a speaker, she'd be an author, she'd have a movie written about her. So many, I think, that God wants to use that we just we disqualify ourselves, or we feel so insecure about our abilities to have something to say. I think that's one of the things that I got out of that story as much as the importance of paying attention to this this uh, debate in our society of of killing babies. I mean, it's it's terrible. Um, but it takes people that have that have gone through this stuff to actually speak up. And so, I don't know, I, I found that very inspiring that God would, because yeah. both of us have talked about this ad nauseum in our own lives. Like I never would thought that I was doing what I'm doing, but so many times in the stories that we hear, and even biblical stories where people's lives just go bing, and they're like, I thought I was a fisherman. Now I'm like, starting the largest movement that's ever now I'm, a, now I'm an apostle. Right, yeah. exactly. So, yeah. Catching some haddock, now I'm doing a yeah. three-continent tour. <laughs> yeah, I mean, God is really uh, amazing how he takes the ordinary and makes it, you know, extra. 
ordinary. And I think this story is an excellent example of that. I was just, I wrote down some of the stats here that uh, she started this ministry and then there were none where she's reaching out to mm. the, the fellow workers, you know, her past workers at these Planned Parenthood clinics because she knows they don't understand. Right. She's not just bashing them. She's not, it's not like just angry, judgmental rhetoric coming mm. from her. I'm right, you're wrong. She is reaching out. Ah, I love that. Yeah. You know, because that's the heart of Christ, this compassionate, grace-filled response. Yeah. And she's, she's had 550 abortion workers leave because they've read this book or seen the movie. And then eight doctors, eight right. full-time doctors have walked away from their careers because of her effort. Mm -hmm. And how many millions of people in 50-plus countries now are going to see the movie? They're going to experience this truth. And, and they're going to have their own shift in, in yeah. how they see things. And yeah, it's. Yeah, I mean, it's quite a ripple, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, this woman exactly. has been used by the Holy Spirit to, to cause global change in the hearts and minds of literally millions of people. Yeah. So, as listeners uh, who are going about their ordinary lives thinking that they're simply uh, making choices that affect them, that's not true. Mm. Our choices affect lots of people, mm. and Abby Johnson's story is an inspiration. That, I totally agree. That when God inspires us to do something, man, it's there's stuff going on behind the scenes. Absolutely. So. Well, uh, we've had a fantastic interview, and I want to say there are a tremendous number of news articles and uh, resources available for uh, any kind of homework you'd want to do on Abby Johnson and the pro-life movement. Uh, her film, Unplanned, is available at uh, unplannedfilm.com, and her website is abbyjohnson.org. Thank you so much for spending a little time. If you think about it, give us a plug on your favorite podcast platform. We really appreciate it, and uh, we'll see you here again next week. Thanks, and God bless. Be encouraged, parents. You are not alone. In Paul's letter to his son in the faith, Timothy, he writes... But I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed, and I am convinced that he is able to guard until that day what has been entrusted to me. Brilliantly Brave Parenting wants to be an encouragement and support that parents can rely on. Would you consider liking us and sharing us with a friend? As a part of the Tween Gospel Alliance, we are a nonprofit organization dependent on the support of friends like you. Thanks for stopping by. We'll be right here next week. Hey, Robert, we've got some new stuff in the web store. Tell me about it, Brad. It's our very own swag. Really? Absolutely. Brilliantly Brave now has its own line of caps, cups, clothing. Yeah, everything, Mugs. man. We got swag. Dog sweaters? Uh, I don't know about the dog sweaters yet, but we can work on it. Okay. So if you're a fan and you've been listening to Brilliantly Brave and you want to share it with your friends, let them know that you're a supporter, hey, Come to our website, iShineLive.com, and find out more. Brad, you know I'm a foodie, right? Absolutely. Okay, I want to tell you about this awesome 
coffee experience. It's called CJ's Coffee Culture and Community. It is a faith-run coffee culture. And the thing that's really cool about this is that they roast their own beans, they have delicious coffees, and they, they have two brick and mortar, so two coffee bars, as well as a virtual location at cjscoffeecafe.com. Here's the cool thing. They ship their beans, they ship their coffee anywhere in the world, so you don't just have to be in Texas to enjoy it. CJ's Coffee Culture and Community. Awesome.